We the people. Four score and I seven. have a dream. Ask what you tear down this wall. Which will live in infamy. Read my lips. Welcome to Civic Symphony. In this episode, we're going to get, examine the role of political parties in the United States, the formation of political parties, and the different types of political parties that exist. So first, a real quick history, historical context. Political parties are not in the Constitution. Uh, there's nothing that defines them as unconstitutional. There is no mention of them. Uh, and so the forefathers did not talk about the idea of a political party. Now, historically, George Washington was not in favor of a political party. He did not belong to political a certain political party, which has actually been good for our country, simply because no uh, party, Republican, Democrat, can, can claim him in any way. And in his farewell address, he warned about the dangers of having political parties. Uh, he wished that they would never develop in the nation. He saw them as uh, a possible threat to democracy, that the, the country would be ripped apart by different philosophical ideas when it came to political parties. So he simply was not in favor of them. And again, in his farewell address warned the country not to go down that road. Unfortunately, almost as soon as he's out of office, you have the development of political parties surrounding two of the forefathers, specifically Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton. Um, Alexander Hamilton is going to create, or his followers will create, what is called the Federalist, uh, who were in favor of a very strong federal government. And on the other side, uh, Thomas Jefferson and his followers would create the uh, Republican Democrats. It was all it was all one word. Um, and what he favored was more of a state censored. Uh, loyalty from the the common man. Uh, uh, Jefferson was big on an agricultural background, an agricultural country where uh, the the nation relied on farmers and as the backbone of their country. Now, um, early on, it is a route. Jefferson is elected third president of the United States, uh, and the the Democrat Republicans will continue on uh, with his leadership um, and will break uh, will run up win after win after win. In fact, to the point that early on there wasn't a lot of opposition to what they were doing. Finally, in 1824, Andrew Jackson will take over the party and simply drop the name Republican, and they become the Democrats. Now, about this time, uh, in around 1830, you're going to have the development of a new party that is known as uh, the Whigs. And the Whigs are then going to finally give some opposition to the Democrats. Um, in actuality, the Whigs are going to eventually end up winning uh, several races for president. Um, William Harrison, John Tyler, Zachary Taylor, and Miller Fillmore will all be Whig presidents. But the problems for the Whigs is uh, in the 1850s and 60s, there will be in some internal problems in the party. And eventually you will have the, the development and the appearance of the Republicans led by Abraham Lincoln uh, in, in the development or the idea that they are going to eliminate slavery. Now, a lot of people will tell you that early on, uh, Lincoln 
view was to simply contain slavery. And then as the Civil War went on, he decided to push for its elimination. Um, it, most other historians would tell you it was his idea early on to push for elimination, but he, he wanted to have a, a political backdrop, a political idea to, to go forward with that. And that is the Republican Party that will develop around that. So basically, by 1860, you have the two major parties that exist in the United States, the Republicans and the Democrats. And from that point on, you have a two-party system that still exists today. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the different ideas of the Republicans and the Democrats, or as it's talked about a lot in the media, uh, the conservatives and the liberals. Now, here's another quick history lesson. The term left and right which is Republican leaning right and Democrats leaning left, actually uh, comes from the House of Parliament. It, when you go into the House of Parliament in England, all the conservatives sit on the right, all the liberals sit on the left. And when that was brought to the United States, that concept of those terms of left and right uh, was continued on into the political parties. Typically, Republicans are very uh, pro-Second Amendment, uh, they're they're anti-abortion. Um, they they are small government, little interference in economy, very capitalist. On the other side, Democrats are pro-abortion. Um, they believe in government intervention. They believe in limitations to the Second Amendment. They are uh, very much in, uh, against global warming or want to put uh, policies in place to slow down global warming. And so these two sides, these two parties have competed since the 1860s with different ideas. And because of the extreme wings of the party, both left and right, you have a, a major fissure in the United States um, among who supports the parties and the, the politicians who run under those ideas and under those identifications. OK, we're going to take a small break and when we come back, we'll talk about third parties. preserve our peace and our freedom, we must maintain a margin of safety, not numerical superiority in arms and armament, but a margin of safety that is a combination, a balance of a strong economy, mutual respect and unity among our great allies, and a revitalized, up-to-date military capability. History has taught us only too well that tyrants are tempted only when the forces of freedom are weak, not when they're strong. The time is now for Reagan. So let's spend a little bit of time talking about third parties. Now, third parties have had a very difficult time in the United States simply because our uh, setup is for a two-party system, a majority takes all uh, type of system. So if, if you're not the Republicans or Democrats, then you are basically a third party in the United States and really have a lot of trouble competing. Now, we're going to talk about three specific third parties to, to give you an example of the role they play in American politics. Um, and the first one, and probably one of the more successful ones, has been the Libertarian Party. And as their name sounds like, they are very high on individual liberty. Uh, Rand Paul of Kentucky is actually a libertarian. He runs as a Republican, but, but in essence, he, he is a libertarian in terms of his values and beliefs. So what do the libertarians stand for? 
Well, first of all, they are about uh, repealing the income tax. They, they don't believe in a federal income tax. They, they feel like that amendment was passed uh, on, unconstitutionally, basically, even though it is a constitutional amendment, that the, the emphasis behind it, uh, the reason behind it is not what the forefathers would have wanted. Um, they, they also uh, want to get rid of the IRS, which is very easy to do if you get rid of the income tax. They are uh, very high on school choice and, and the idea that basically the, the federal government will give money to, to parents, in essence, uh, and then uh, whatever school the, the child wants to go to, that, that money then goes on to that school. Now, while it sounds great in principle, the, the problem has been that um, if, if that child, that parent uh, chooses a, a school that has a religious affiliation, then you're getting into First Amendment rights about establishment of religion, because in essence, you're taking what is federal state money and giving it to a religious organization or religious backed school. And so that that policy has always been very controversial. Uh, they also want to phase out Social Security. They feel like it is it's not sustainable over the, the future. And so they like to phase that out. And then additionally, uh, they, they believe in a very small army with with the reserve so that in case you have to go to battle, um, you have the troops that are just kept in reserve. And if, if you really think of it, that, that's almost a militia system that goes back to the revolution where you had a small continental army. But in times of crisis, the, the militia would be called up uh, to help fight. So that gives you an idea of kind of what the libertarians uh, believe. Now, another party that has grown uh, at the, as the years have, have gone along is the Green Party. Uh, and the Green Party really started as an environmental party, but has since then added a lot of planks to, to their platform. Um, the Democrats kind of stole the whole environmental global warming issue. And so the, the Green Party um, had to add some things they, they, they really believed in, but still kept them separate from, from the Democrats. Uh, they are for universal health care. Um, the, the Green Party is one of those parties that can function both in Canada and the United States. And so the, the universal health care plan has taken part or taken hold in Canada. Uh, a lot of that goes back to the Green Party and they're pushing for it. Um, they believe in free college tuition. Again, that's something they got done in Canada. Um, they, they obviously are warnings about global warming and want to pass policies that, that will help stop the idea of global warming. And um, uh, finally, um, th they reject a lot of the basis of capitalism. Uh, they believe in government intervention. And again, if that sounds familiar to you, that, that's a lot of uh, democratic ideas. And finally, there is the uh, Constitution Party. Um, they outright reject the idea of global warming. So it puts them in odds with the, with the Green Party a lot of times. Um, they want to repeal income tax, <laughs> which lines them up with the uh, Libertarian Party. Um, they also want to phase out Social Security, which puts them in line with the Green Party. And so a lot of the little parties have similar ideas sometimes but again, the problem with being the little party is whatever your specific ideas are, normally either the Democrats or Republicans quickly gobble up those ideas if they think they will be effective in one of their planks of their party. 
And so uh, smaller parties in America, uh, uh, while they can get some of their ideas out there, the, the odds of them truly occupying a lot of seats in Congress, running for the presidency are very slim. And so their basic idea is to put forth ideas that they realize will eventually be part of the, the, ta- the discussion in, in political circles and hopefully get those ideas passed either in state legislatures or, again, let one of the major parties grab a hold of it and basically drag it along as they occupy seats. Okay, uh, we'll take another break. Uh, in between these, these segments, you're going to hear a commercial for the Green Party of Canada, which has the same values and ideas as the Green Party of the United States. And it's just a little snippet of their ideology and what they have been able to pass in both the Canadian government and in the United States government. So listen to that, and we'll be right back. People think the Greens are a one-issue party. We're not. We stand for progressive social policies that make housing and education accessible. We stand for ethics and government by telling the truth. And creating an electoral system that makes your vote count. In fact, we stand for the same things that most Canadians stand for. And that is why we're running for the Green Party. People also think we're a one-person party. Not in this election. So let's take a real quick look, not at parties, but but in systems. Um, what kind of makes the United States unique is we do have a two-party system, a winner-take-all system, and that's pretty rare in the world. Most uh, political systems in the world are multi-party, and again, they're based upon proportionality, or in other words, the this more percentage of the votes you get, the more seats you, you get in the General Assembly, in, in the Congress, in whatever the form of assembly that country has. So most places have multi-party uh, a government setup. Uh, for example, um, Canada has three major parties. Germany has five. Israel has up to 20. And so the idea is all those political parties have to work together uh, to make the government function. So all those parties or a lot of those parties get their ideas put into legislation. And the idea is basically that they have to agree. The people of the different parties have to agree to pass certain legislations. Um, the other uh, type of government you have in the world is a one party government, which is uh, modern day China, which they, they do have a political party, but it's communism. Um, and this, those of you that ever studied the old Soviet Union, it's the same concept. You could vote for anybody in the Soviet Union as long as they were communist. So you have differing ideas there of you have a multi-party uh, system of government, which, again, is a lot of Europe, um, a, a lot of like, for example, Canada, a lot of the old British territories um, or British protectorates. You have a two party system, which is dominated by the United States. And then you have a single-party system, which is, again, is China and the old Soviet Union. So that just gives you a basic idea of the three types of party systems that exist in governments around the world. Okay, we're going to take one last break, and then it's Weird Laws of the United States. (music) 
Today's weird law comes from uh, New York, where it is you have to uh, purchase a license to hang clothes on a clothesline. Now, the first law does not apply to all of New York. And secondly, this law is just basically about uh, aesthetic appearance, that a lot of people don't want to look out their window and see a clothesline with a bunch of clothes hanging on it. So if you look at some 20th century, early 20th century pictures from places like Brooklyn, and Queens and other bureaus of New York, you will see a lot of clothesline with uh, clothes hanging on them. But as time has gone on, uh, a lot of places has passed this uh, requirement of a license because, uh, again, they just don't want people to see clothes, other people's clothes hanging out on a clothesline. Uh, and as one person pointed out, you can just as easily hang uh, clothes on a clothesline indoors. So that's the weird law for the day. And uh, one more second, and we're going to wrap it up. Be right back. That's going to wrap up this episode for Civic Symphony. Uh, we Hopefully you learned a little bit more about politics in the United States and the different type of political parties. Uh, if you have a question, again, please send it. I'll try to answer it. If you have a comment, good or bad, also uh, feel free to send that. I need to thank uh, Jason Shaw and Audionautics as well as uh, freesound.com for providing the music. Uh, in the upcoming episodes, we're going to look at some of the different uh, ideas behind the Constitution and the governments, and hopefully you'll tune in for that. Thank you very much. Thank you.